Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. The 2021 U.S. Open is less than three weeks away now, and after one year away from Canada, the tennis world has returned to the hard courts up north. Men in Toronto, women in Montreal. Day four in the books now, the draw whittling down to the final eight. How many Americans were able to punch their ticket and advance north of the border? Plus, who has the best chance to spoil Novak's quest at that calendar Grand Slam? Our experts break down the odds. And a big happy birthday to the Greek freak. I would prefer hazelnut, but it's okay. They didn't know about it. Yeah, we like the hazelnut too. TC Live, right now. And we welcome you to Tennis Channel Live. Post-game coverage from the National Bank Open in Canada. Round of 16 is, alas, done on this Friday morning. Minimum ranking points, 180 for everybody still alive. That's a game changer for a lot of players. Let's show you what's coming up on the show this morning on the East Coast. Full highlights and reaction from day four in Canada as the quarterfinals get locked in. Could it be the big 5-0 for Pistol Pete? It is. We'll look back at his storied career. Plus, on the night of the Field of Dreams game in baseball, we revisit the Court of Dreams in Iowa and find out which court is tennis's holy grail. Wow, what a thriller in Montreal to wrap up this Thursday. Glad you're with us on TC Live with Chanda Rubin here in the studio. Andy Roddick joining us by Skype from his home in uh, Carolina. Uh, Andy, the good news for us is it's uh, just past 1030 here. It's just past 130 where you are. Uh, Memories of some uh, late nights at the U.S. Open for you, maybe? U.S. Open, yeah. Australia had a couple late ones, but Brett, I wouldn't, I I don't want to be anywhere else. I'm pumped. Let's do it. (laughs) I did just a smidge of sarcasm from Roddick Chanda. Just a little, but you know that's not that's usual, right? Yeah, just just more than a smidge might be usual. <laughs> we will get the highlights of that thriller from Collins and Pagula coming up in a bit, but let's start with some men's highlights from Toronto earlier today, and we'll start with the birthday boy Stefanos Tsitsipas, world number three, turning 23 today. And Andy, he celebrated with a win over the silver medalist Karin Hatchinoff. Listen, in form, when he's getting shots like that, if he's spread that online, he's going to be tough to beat. Uh, kind of grinded through some uncomfortable moments in the first round against Uber. Uh Felt like he was hitting winners at will today, getting pumped up. Uh, you got to like his fighting spirit, always a professional, and uh, rolls to that first set. Uh, listen, there's nothing better than getting a quick break right off the bat in the second set, especially that way. Since Boss looks good, if he's getting breaks like this, like this uh, watch out. He, he looks really good today. He rolled. Lost just two points on his first serve in the match, just 16 unforced errors. Under the lights in Toronto, the top seed, Daniil Medvedev, taking on the Aussie, James Duckworth, who had knocked out both Taylor Fritz and Yannick Sinner. But to Andy, his run ended today. Yeah, this is a tough matchup. I mean, look how comfortable Medvedev is, just kind of chipping the ball back. He doesn't look rushed on anything, even though he's playing defense. Tough matchup for Duckworth. It's tough to see how he's going to just put enough winning points together. Even you see his strategies coming in on everything. That's kind of his only strategy. 
that might win, but Medvedev also has a bomb. All right, uh, he was the runner-up, Medvedev, by the way, last time this event was played in 2019. Here is the draw. Quarterfinals are set. Chanda, do you see anybody here spoiling the potential Medvedev-Sitsipas final? Well, the match against Hercotch will be an interesting one. He can hit the ball big, and, and he can um, be a little unpredictable out there. Uh, Sitsipas, I, I would say, though, he's going to get through to that final. So I don't see it happening but her catch could potentially be a tough match. All right, uh, final four uh, will be on Saturday, quarterfinals tomorrow. Let me ask you about Sitsipas, Andy. Since it is his 23rd birthday, good time to take stock. He's made his first Grand Slam final check. He's won seven titles. One of them is a Masters 1000. Would you say he's on schedule, ahead of schedule, or behind schedule compared to what you expected he'd do by this point? No, I, I think it's about right. You know, he, he it feels like he's learning. Uh, obviously, Roland Garros going through the paces there, grinding your way through to a Grand Slam final, and having to look at the basket at the end. If he does that enough times, he's going to break through and get that Grand Slam win. I like to see it kind of transitioning over to different surfaces. I'm still not totally convinced uh, of what he's bringing to the table on grass. But, uh, I mean, overall, what are you going to do? 23 years old, one of the top players in the world. He looked, uh, he looked great today, too. What do you think, Chan? Is he on schedule? I think he is. I, I think he would probably think it's a bit slow because he's come so close a number of times and he's been that guy uh, a lot of times that's right there. Um, and so, you know, for sure, as a player, you want it to happen even faster. But I think he's moving at a good pace. I think he's showing himself that he can play consistently at this level. That's the first step. And, you know, that Roland Garros final against Djokovic was incredible. And if he can build on that, certainly he's going to keep progressing. The Sitsipas and Casper Ruud tomorrow. Ruud won their only previous meeting. That was earlier this year on the clay in Madrid. Let's shift now to the women in Montreal. Highlights from earlier. Former world number one Victoria Azarenka has made three semis in Canada over the years. Taken on Maria Sakkari today. Chanda, this one went the distance. Yes, and it was a high-volume match from both of these players, but it was Azarenka who got the, the early lead, was able to take that first set. The intensity, taking ground away from Sakkari when it mattered most, but it got down to the third set tiebreak. But again, it was Azarenka coming through with her serve there, taking ground away, playing inside the court. She was able to do that more often in the tiebreak played clutch tennis under pressure, and that's been a strength of Vika Azarenka. She is a great competitor, and in the end, that came through. And tough battle, but one that is satisfying for Azarenka now. All right, so from 4-2 in the third down, she wins it in two hours, 36 minutes. Great day, winning second serves of soccer. She won 64% of it. This was tonight in Montreal. The defending champ and native daughter, Bianca Andrescu, against Anz Jabur, and this was another thriller. Uh, this was a fun match, and it was everything we could have hoped for. Jabur was up in that first set, uh, but Andrescu came back showing shot-making of her own. She was able to step in just enough, but Jabur, old, she held firm here in the teeth of that second set. That was impressive, especially after she lost the early lead in the second. And in the third, Andrescu, she had a few physical issues, saw the trainer a couple of times in the match, but Jabur stayed focused, didn't let it distract her, and the shot-making from her racket in the end was so fun to watch. She is She's a baller and winning these big matches more regularly now. All right, so here's the women's draw with the quarterfinals set. And I would just point to Coco Goff here today, who got a walkover today in a retirement yesterday. Uh, Andy, she, she's barely been on the court an hour and a half for the whole tournament. She's in the quarterfinals. 
Yeah, it's going to be weird, too, because Georgie isn't going to give her any rhythm. She comes out of her shoes on every single shot, so it, it might be a little awkward having a couple days of, you know, basically off. Uh, I think she played 20 minutes of, uh, of tennis, so that'll be a little awkward in the, in the early going for Coco. Hopefully she can kind of steady the ship and uh, get a rhythm early in that one. Uh, quick thought on Victoria Azarenka here, because that was an impressive win by her today. Look, she's a former world number one. She's a two-time major champion, maybe a, a little bit overlooked in the last year or two, even though she made the U.S. Open final last summer. Um, Chanda, should we be paying more attention to Vika as a possible contender for this U.S. Open? You know, I think we should. I mean, when you look at the women's draw, it's been wide open. And why not Vika Azarenka when you look at the, the champions that we've had, some of the new um, winners? But it's not easy. I mean, as she's had a few more injuries, she's been trying to stay healthy. Um, so far, she looks great this week. And that win, the way she battled and got through those tough moments, that's Vika at her best. Uh, so you've got to give her a good shot on any hard court. Andy, I think about how dominant she was in 2011, 2012, when she was really Serena's biggest rival and had a couple things in her life not happened. Obviously, one was injuries, but there was also that custody battle that, that limited her travel. I, I wonder what her numbers might be in the Grand Slam category. You ever think about that? Uh, I, you know, I bet she thinks about it a lot more yeah. <laughs> than, than, than we Good do. Point. But, but I also, I, I don't think we get specific enough about players who are great on hard courts. You know, if there's a great clay court player, we always reference it. If there's a great grass court player, we always reference it. Vika is a great hard court player with a couple of Grand Slam titles, a couple of U.S. Open finals, coming out of nowhere last summer to, to, to win Cincinnati in New York and then make that run to the U.S. Open final. We need to talk about her uh, in, in, in almost a different light when she's on the hard court. She's lights out. Uh, agreed, and it's going to be very entertaining tomorrow. It'll be Vika against Arena Sabalenka. Should be uh, entertaining and, and maybe a little bit loud. Uh, we look forward to bringing that one to you. Much more to come on the program tonight slash this morning. We'll check in with Danny and Prakash on the ground in Toronto. And uh, yesterday we looked at the women's favorites for the U.S. Open. Today the gang breaks down the men's favorites. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. a champion for the first time it has been a long time coming for this man he has worked so hard to be in the winner's circle a lot of people expected dominic team would eventually win a major but few expected the first one would be on a hard court but team who had made two finals at roland garros did break through last year at the Open, beating Sasha Zverev. So is he part of the discussion as the favorites to win this year's U.S. Open? Despite the injury, the oddsmakers say yes. Uh, Djokovic first, then Medvedev, Nadal, Team, and Zverev. You can uh, question those rankings as you see fit. Uh, but we always have to start the major favorites by discussing the big three. But Chanda, this year the big three come into the U.S. Open in varying degrees of injury. Djokovic's shoulder, we don't know how much. Obviously, Federer still the knee and Rafa the foot. How does that change your outlook on the three of them at this U.S. Open? Well, I think Djokovic 
is going to be okay. I don't know how much, how big a problem the shoulder is. Um, hopefully not much. Uh, he had played a lot of tennis uh, in going into the Olympics and, and through the Olympics. And so maybe that had more of an effect than just a, a major injury. Uh, so I still put him as the favorite. But you wonder about Nadal with uh, having to retire and, and how he's been dealing with this foot injury. You wonder where he will be physically. And certainly with Dominic Thiem, we've have, we haven't seen him back on court. Um, but whenever these guys are able to, to toss the balls up, Djokovic and Nadal, you still have to put them up there. You've still got to give them the best shot because if they're playing, they are so tough to beat still. But none of them, Andy, played either Canada or Cincinnati, so they're, they're going to come in to a degree cold to New York. Uh, best case scenario. Uh, we, we, we hope they're going to come in cold to New York because that means they're present, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it's weird. Both lists the last two days on the, on the, on kind of the betting favorites. It's like the walking wounded. <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're kind of, we're kind of overlooking the people that are healthy and we're prioritizing, uh, you know, kind of legacy over, over health and confidence as it currently stands. Yeah. I, I question the odds maker that put team, no disrespect to Dominic team, but the wrist injury has been out for quite a while on that list. But so, there are some people who didn't make the list. Let's ask you guys uh, to pick somebody who, who maybe belongs on that list who wasn't. Uh, Andy, start us off. Uh, well, there, there's, there's two guys that have won a Masters 1000 this year, been on the tail end of, uh, of a Grand Slam on the, on, on the business end uh, going in. And, you know, one is very obvious is Stefano Tsitsipas, especially in that, that match he played against uh, Kachanov today. And, and the other one is a sleeper, and most of his damage has been done on kind of faster services is a uh, Hubie Hercotch, mm. who no one ever mentions for anything. The guy can serve 130. He can kind of thump the ball. Uh, we saw him play well at Wimbledon. He's kind of getting his, his footing in three out of five set matches. So uh, as far as the sleeper goes, uh, you know, I think Sitsabas should be ahead of a couple of guys on that favorites list. And Hercotch is certainly a dark horse at this time. How about you, Chanda? Who belongs on that list? That's a pretty good one. Uh, Hercotch won Miami as well earlier this mm -hmm. year. So I like it, Andy. Um, you know, I'm going with Berrettini. I, I think, you know, he could be a sleeper on the hard courts. You know, he had a big breakthrough uh, at Wimbledon and played some fantastic tennis. Um, I think he's a guy that can keep troubling the big three when they've been healthy. And, you know, he's been knocking on the door. He hits the ball big. He's gaining confidence in these big match situations. And I think at the, the major level, you know, he's due for another big breakthrough. And why not at the U.S. Open when there are some questions about the, the guys who would be the usual suspects. All right, Berrettini, Wimbledon Finals. Getaway question for both of you on this five-second answer. If you had to pick Djokovic or the field at the U.S. Open, Chanda, <laughs> who are you taking? I'm going to still take Djokovic. Andy? <laughs> yeah, as assuming health, Djokovic. All right, uh, those answers have been recorded on the record. Uh, let's switch gears here for a second. And I, I can't even believe that we're going to say this out loud. Uh, happy 50th birthday, Pistol Pete Sampras. How did that happen? 14 major titles, seven at Wimbledon, five at the Open. Of course, whoever dreamed that when Pete retired in 02, three guys would have passed his major record within two decades. And among Pete's many birthday wishes today was one from his fellow birthday boy. He said, hopefully. I would like to wish him a happy birthday. I don't know if he's watching this, but Pete, man, you, you've been... That you, that, the reason I'm, I'm here is because of you. Um, all of the examples that my dad would uh, set were, were because of you, of your servant volley game. Although I'm not a servant volleyer myself, I spent countless uh, of hours 
um, working around your your game and you truly inspired me to, to be where I am today. And he's someone that uh, I respect a lot. I had the opportunity to meet him in India a few, few years ago and um, he truly impressed me. Nice words from uh, Steph to his uh, elder and inspiration. Andy, you were just getting started when Pete was, was wrapping up. Do you, do you have memories of, of meeting him for the first time, hitting with him for the first time? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I was a Davis Cup hitting partner and walking into that locker room and I, I could barely, I, I was a loss for words, believe it or not. Uh, you know, Andre <laughs> would walk in and then, and then Johnny Mack would walk in and then, and then Pete would walk in. I'm going, what is this world that we are in right now? And Pete just had this kind of quiet moxie where he didn't have to say it out loud. He just went and did it. Um, you know, I was lucky to kind of get to play the exhibition circuit a little bit with him when I was younger. And uh, it was, uh, it, it was always a lot of fun. What are your memories of Pete, and, and where do you put him in the pantheon, even though he's been passed by uh, three legends in the last two decades? Well, I mean, he played with some other legends as well, similar to the big three we're seeing now. But, you know, you look at what Pete Sampras was able to do, how dominant he was, especially on the grass, and it seemed like no one would surpass that at the time. Um, you know, the serve and volley game, how effortless he played attacking tennis. He really was an inspiration and not many, you know, players, certainly not me, could serve and volley that, that way. But it was something I kind of aspired to at times, and, and it made me want to be a little bit better in, in that department. And credible, the wins that he had against other all-time greats, it was, it was pretty phenomenal. And to be a player and be able to see and witness that during my career was pretty special as well. And this moment was one of the glorious ones. It was the last one. But, but the fact that he got to go out on top as a winner at the U.S. Open, Andy, having not won not just a major, but not won a tournament of any kind in the two preceding years, he gets to win his final U.S. Open against his arch rival, Andre Agassi, and then walk off into the sunset. That's the way they ride him, right? Yeah, it was a heck of a way to go out. And I'll tell you, I did he. He beat some young punk in the quarterfinals of that tournament pretty easily. Um, and I was I was 2-0 and against Pete going into that match. I'm thinking night match, you know, maybe Pete's lost it a little bit. He's not quite what he was. I shut up real quick. I was off that court in about an hour and 17 minutes. And I go, oh, I, I, oh, I got it. You're Michael. I'm Tito. I'll sit back. Don't worry. Uh, sorry to bring that up. Uh, we're, we're still trying to get over the fact that, that somebody made you speechless when you walked into the Davis Cup uh, team room. But... We'll get over it. Um, more to come on the show. Highlights from both venues, including a very nice day for the Americans. Not so much for that young man, but we'll check in on the Stars and Stripes up north. Stay with us. Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Priceline. 
Back on TC Live, and as we've been doing at big tournaments around the world this year, we're doubling down on our coverage in Canada. In addition to Tennis Channel, you've got the family of regional sports networks showing these two matches, Sabalenka, Azarenka, and Pliskova, Cerebes, Tormo, Leif Shiras, and Nico Pereira. We'll have that for you on the RSNs beginning at 11 a.m. Eastern. Let's go back to Montreal here. American Amanda Anasimova successfully qualified for the main draw this week, playing her third rounder today against former world number one, Carolina Pliskova Chandler. Yeah, and initially, Anna Simova just not ready for the pace and depth from the Pliskova racket. A very quick one sided first set, 6 1 for Pliskova. But in the second, Anna Simova started finding her range and her rhythm. But in the tie break, just a few mistakes, not quite as confident as Pliskova in the big moments. And she was able to get it done with big serving, big hitting. All right, let's swing over to Toronto. This was the popcorn match of the day for me. Francis Tiafo, who started the week as a lucky loser, trying to make the quarters against Gael Monfils, Sandy. Yeah, and, you know, Francis had been making lemonade all week after that lucky loser spot, but get, that drop shot, I think Monfils could have caught that drop shot in the air and thrown it back, honestly. <laughs> like he's, that, he's that fast. You know, so he, he kind of found his pacing. Obviously, he got through a tough one against Milliman, and looks like he's finally got the reps, looks a little bit more comfortable. You'd like to see him coming forward. Looks like he's finding his rhythm. He has not won many matches at all uh, in the last year and a half. Uh, you see him kind of opening up his shoulders a little bit, and it, he will again prove that he is a better dancer than Brett Haber. Well, that doesn't take much. I think he proved that many, many years ago. How about first quarter final for Monfils since last February, 18 months ago? So good on Monfils. Good effort for Foe as the lucky loser. How about Big John? We know how much he loves these North American hard courts, and He's moving on with a win against the world number seven, Andre Rublev. Yeah, it's actually a good matchup for John. He beat him in Madrid also. John can hold serve against pretty much anyone, and Rublev doesn't serve that big, so John's going to get some looks and take some rips and some second serves. I don't think this is a matchup that he minds that much. And obviously, when it's hot out, North American summer circuit, this is where this is where he shines. He'll tell you this is, this is kind of his sweet spot of the year, and uh, he looks real good right now. 20 aces for John today, 18th career Masters 1000 quarterfinal for the big fella. We wanted to show you one uh, piece of social media business tonight because I'm sure you're aware of that uh, baseball Field of Dreams game that took place tonight to commemorate the anniversary of the movie Field of Dreams. So they played the Yankees and the White Sox in a cornfield in Iowa today, same cornfield where they shot the movie. Well, it reminded us that 10 years ago, our John Wertheim did a story about a tennis fan in Iowa who couldn't make it to Wimbledon, so he created in his cornfield the Court of Dreams, a grass court right next to his house. Um, that was kind of cool. I, I, I would like to play on that court as much as I'd like to take BP on that baseball field, Andy. That is amazing. I, lo- I mean, it looks pretty. There's obviously space for it. Is it still there? I don't know. That'd be a lot of mowing. Is it, we're told it is still That's there. That's upkeep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm impressed. So it, it got I mean, us to thinking, uh, you guys have played on, on the biggest courts, the most prestigious courts in the world. Is there a, a cool court, Chanda, that you've gotten a chance to play on that's either in a bit of a different setting or, or one that you've seen that you'd like to play on? Um, I don't think I've played on one that's that cool. I've no. played on one like in the middle of the mountains. It created created it in Austria for Fed Cup. So it was really pretty and picturesque, and you could see people coming down from the slopes, which I never did. <laughs> um, but there's one that's kind of up on the guys that the guys play on, one of the courts that's up above everything, maybe in Dubai or oh, somewhere. Oh, on the top of the Burj Al Arab. Yes. They, do, they would, do that for exhibition. It's a heliport, right? Yes, and I, w- I would love to do that. 
Look, and wouldn't you know, you Mike Haston has the video queued up. These this guys was, are on it. It was Andre and who was on? And Better. Fed, yeah. <laughs> Do not, uh, Andy, if you're on this court, that's uh, scary. bring extra tennis balls. <laughs> That, uh, that, that's stressful just to look at. I don't know about all that. <laughs> I would love to play up there, though. Would That'd you? That'd be pretty cool. I, I wouldn't want to be returning Andy's serve up there, but anything else, yeah, I could do. Did you have, what's your coolest court that you ever played on or would like to? I always thought it was cool. Man. Like I, I took a beating from Rafa in the bull ring one time in Seville for Davis Cup. Uh, <laughs> the, the result wasn't that much fun. The process wasn't much fun, but the court looked pretty cool. Uh, set something up at Rockefeller Center one time. So yeah, yeah. I always like it when they when they kind of like like the not natural uh, place for a court when you kind of set it up there and it has a little bit of atmosphere. I, I always like that. Have either of you guys played at the White House? Yes. I have. Chanda has played at the White House. Get an invite for Mr. Roddick. He's done enough for American tennis. He probably deserves an invite. Which president did you play with, Chandler? Um, it was during uh, Barack Obama. I know. Nice. And of, I know. And of it was course, pretty, pretty cool. I don't know how Barack feels about tennis because Trump <laughs> took his basketball court out and put in the tennis pavilion. That's a whole other discussion. Not, we'll we'll uh, take a break. Reminder of how the coverage works tomorrow, noon Eastern, for the Tennis Channel and RSN covered 7 p.m. night session. We'll have TC Live following and encore coverage all night. Back in a moment. All right, here are tomorrow's feature matches in Canada. Everything's tasty in the quarterfinals. Rude Tsitsipas to start us off. Medvedev Hurkacz in the middle there. Jesse Pagula, Hans Jabur, and Isner Monfils, the nightcap. Danny Kleppinger, Prakash Amritraj are on the scene as always for Tennis Channel. Here's a preview from them. All right, Brett, back here at the Tennis Channel desk in Toronto. P, it's quarterfinal action on Friday, so which match do you have your eye on? I think it's got to be Stefano Tsitsipas and Kaspar Ruud. Both sitting at career highs right now. Steph just got to three. Kaspar at 12. Both exactly the same age, 22. Kaspar actually beat Stefanos earlier this year, albeit on clay. You would think that Steph is the favorite here, but uh, I think Kaspar is going to make it very tight. Well, maybe Stefanos Tsitsipas is a little wise beyond his years because he did turn 23 today, Prakash. Yep. Happy birthday to Stefanos Tsitsipas. we got quarterfinal action north of the border on Friday. Brett, looking forward to it. Guys, thanks very much. Uh, we're just about to... Andy. <laughs> Andy. Andy, we're not to... Andy. Yeah. One more segment, yeah. Andy. Oh, I know. It's Listen. You're rooting since bus. Great. Good. Yeah, okay. He caught most of that. 205, good effort. Uh, Red Bull, smelling salts, Mountain Dew. What, what, what was the key? I'm, re I'm, re I'm ready. Are we, are, is this... Is this the, are we done? <laughs> Andy, go to sleep. Uh, for, for, okay. <laughs> for Andy and Chad and our Tennis Channel crew, thanks for staying up late. Those of you that stayed up late, we'll see you tomorrow noon Eastern for the start of day five.